Express Radio. Your uni. Your sound. Arlene. Our uni waves. Ak- our Express Bill. 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 All right. Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change On Air. My name is Lily Mott and I am so excited to introduce my first live guest. Um, Darcy Coria is Miss Wales 2022 and she is going to be competing in Miss World as well. Um, she is also a black rights activist, a dementia friend working to raise awareness about dementia and more. I am so excited to have Darcy here in Cardiff in the Express radio station. So without further ado, let's get started. Um, so I know that there is probably things that I missed in that intro. Um, is there anything major that you want to add to that introduction? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So I would first love to get started by talking about your pageant career. Um, can you tell me more about your background in pageants and just how you came to be involved in them? Yes, of course. So it's funny, actually, uh, I have my mum to thank for my Miss Wales title because she entered me into the Miss Wales competition when I was about 16. And at first, I didn't have a clue about pageants. I had no idea. I thought it was similar to toddlers in tiaras and it just wasn't for me. And my mum begged and begged that I go to the interview and I went to the interview met with the Miss Wales director who is Paula Abandonato and she gave a brief um, speech all about what Miss Wales is about and what it stands for and I just fell in love with every word that she was saying and that was the beginning so I got accepted as a finalist and I competed in Miss Wales 2019 and I was still doing my A-levels at the time So my A-levels were the priority, and I actually remember saying that in the interview, that my A-levels were the priority. I was resitting my A-levels, but I actually managed to place second runner-up, so Mm -hmm. that is basically third, Mm -hmm. and I was in shock. I remember saying the night before, I hope I get top five, um, but I won't be surprised if I don't. So placing third in my first ever pageant and yeah had no experience and really didn't know what to expect so I was really chuffed and I remember Paula the Miss Wales director came up to me that night and said go away and come back in two years time and really work on yourself don't go back next year but come back in two years and I can see that being yours so that's exactly what I did Uh, had a break and sort of found what my platform was going to be we call it a platform in pageantry so what you're passionate about and sort of what message you want to spread to the world. So I didn't have that clearly in the first um, competition. So I went away and I really wanted to find what my platform would be and um, then sort of realised that I wanted to encourage more women of colour to compete in pageantry because it can open up so many doors and so many opportunities and decided to have a couple of years out and sort of went back um, in 2022 and that was my message and my standpoint and thankfully won. That's so cool. I think I think that's awesome. So tell me more about how you came to be involved with civil rights activism and what made you want to get involved in this work? Tell me more about that background. So I think actually competing in Miss Wales the first time, I realised that there weren't as many women of colour in the competition as I would have liked. And then I sort of came away and was sort of debating where I wanted to invest my time um, and what 
change I wanted to see in Wales. And then I would say that it was actually in lockdown um, when George Floyd was terribly murdered that I really realised that Wales needed to take action and things needed to change and racism is still alive in Wales and needs to be um, sort of rooted out and that's where my passion came. I went to the Black Lives Matter protest um, that was spurred on by the murder of George Floyd and that's when I really realised that that's where I wanted to invest my time. Um, and from there on, I just so started looking online for things that I could get involved in within the local community and sort of ways that I could make change. And my passion um, for equality um, and celebrating diversity in Wales sort of flourished from there, really. Tell me some about kind of the work that you've done and um, you mentioned going to the protest or, you know, getting involved in these different platforms. Um, tell me some about the work that you've done since then and just what does that work look like for you? So the first um, thing that I did, I would say that um, sort of rooted me um, and sort of uplifted me and made me want to make change would be the Black Lives Matter protest that was spurred on by the murder of George Floyd. And then after that, I got in touch with Race Equality First, which is a charity here in Wales. Um, and I actually had a fitness class uh, for women of colour in Barry, and it was free of charge and it was an opportunity for women from different ethnic backgrounds to come together in a safe space and um, embrace health and fitness. And then I've also gone on another Black Lives Matter march um, as a Miss Wales finalist and I actually ended up on the mic um, chanting Black Lives Matter and that was a really empowering moment and I really felt like I was in the right place at the right time and what I was doing really uh, needed to be done and I was doing the right thing and then I also had the opportunity to be on a panel of women and we actually went through um, the South Wales Police um, anti-racism delivery plan and they've got an anti-racism delivery plan um, which means that they plan to root out racism in Wales by 2030. So there was a panel of around 10 women and I was one of them and we were able to go through the draft of um, the South Wales Police anti-racism delivery plan and really we really read through that with a fine tooth comb and were able to give our opinions um, and suggest areas that needed to be looked at again or sort of uh, terms that were used that could be seen as offensive and I'm really proud that I was able to use my voice uh, in that aspect and have um, my thoughts and opinions be used to sort of change how the police will deal with people like me in the future. And I also held a anti-racism seminar with the Miss Wales finalists, um, and that was amazing. There was a girl from North Wales, a mixed race girl, and she shared some of her experiences. And I think it was a really touching moment uh, for all of the finalists to sort of realize why I was so passionate about what I'm passionate about. And I feel that there's sort of an army of women now that are um, even more so ready to 
stand up to racism if they're ever a witness to it. Uh, not that they weren't before, but even more so now, I think that they have the knowledge and the understanding of the topic even more. Uh, and I also went to Rainbows and Brownies groups. I don't know if you know what they are. They're sort of mm. like guides <laughs> in America. Um, so I went to visit them um, in a rural area in Wales and I held a workshop all about diversity. And I think it was even more so needed in a rural area of Wales rather than Cardiff because Cardiff has diversity and the children in Cardiff will see people who look different to them every day walking down the street. But in a more rural area like Landswick Major, uh, it's not as diverse. And I think that it was needed even more there. So I talked with the the young ladies about um, racism and accepting each other for what they are and embracing their skin colour. And there was a little girl, she must have been about six, and she put her hand up and said, oh, I'm mixed race, but nobody would know because uh, my skin is so fair. And sometimes I tell people that I'm mixed race and they don't believe me, but my dad's <laughs> your colour. And yeah, it was a really, really nice moment. So mm -hmm. that is some of the work that I've been doing in Wales. That's awesome. Um, thank you for going over that. And I think it's so cool that it's so intersectional and your work is really, like you were mentioning, women and women of color and there's so many people involved in this work that you're doing. And I think that's that's so awesome. So I would love to know more about your work in the care sector as well. Um, so you're a dementia friend and working to raise awareness. Can you tell me more about what that work looks like or what it looked like for you? Yes, so during the pandemic, I found that I wasn't able to work in the salon as I was used to. So my friend said to me, oh, I'm working in a care home. Why don't you try it? And I was so nervous. I had never worked with elderly people before. I'd never worked in the care sector, um, let alone with people with dementia. So I was sort of going in completely blind, had no idea what to expect. And I ended up being there for six months and I learnt so much. Um, it was an amazing time and a wonderful job. I absolutely loved that job. They really do uh, become like your grandparents and <laughs> you really do have uh, end up having such a good relationship uh, with the people that live in the home. And I registered as a dementia friend because the majority of the people living in the home had dementia, um, which is such a heartbreaking disease and just so sad to see um, the family struggle uh, come into terms with the fact that their family member might not recognize them and might not know who they are or might not remember what they had for breakfast so I really wanted to learn more about the disease and really have a good understanding uh, so that when I left the care home as I, I didn't really plan on and staying there forever, but I wanted to take something with me from the, my time there and know that I could help other people within the community. Um, and we were talking before we, um, we went live and I said that I actually used it uh, to help a lady. I was driving um, in my area in Barry and I saw an elderly woman and she just looked really confused and was alone and I just knew that something wasn't right, so I stopped, and it was a busy road, so I stopped, and I said, oh, would you like a lift? And uh, she said, yes, okay. And I was worried that she wasn't going to get in the car with me because <laughs> she didn't know me. Um, but she got in the car, and we began talking, and I took her to her home, and she invited me in for a cup of tea. Luckily, 
I am who I am and I was a nice person trying to help um, and I was trying to say please please don't ever get in the car with a stranger again <laughs> you know I'm a friendly uh -huh. person and I, I am just trying to help you but please don't get in the car again um, and then also in um, a previous job in a salon um, with clients who are older um, and who have dementia and, and their dementia is getting worse when they would come into the salon with their daughters um, and their daughters would be really struggling uh, with the fact that their mum doesn't know who they are anymore. Um, so it's really that job and becoming a dementia friend and, and learning, using my time wisely to learn about the disease has really enabled me to carry that through my life and help other people and have more empathy and understanding uh, with people who have dementia. Yeah, I think I also love that story. I think that's that's so great. Um, so tell me about how you have managed to use your exposure as a pageant queen to kind of amplify your voice and do this work. How has that helped you to make an impact and to make change, especially in Wales and maybe around the UK as well? Um, how has that platform helped you? I think that pageantry really allows you um, to have a healthy and strong platform uh, mostly now uh, I think it used to be mostly within the media just the general media such as newspapers and things like this but now I think that social media is such a powerful tool uh, in using your voice and I think when you are crowned as a miss as soon as the crown goes on your head it's it's an instant responsibility that you have to use your platform um, for the good of your community and to spread whatever message that you would like to spread. So I think just having the title of Miss Wales in general uh, and being in Wales and being a woman of colour, especially in Wales and the second woman of colour to win Miss Wales, I think as soon as I was crowned Miss Wales, there was sort of a lot of media attention around that because there hadn't been um, a woman of colour win in so long. So having that media attention and sort of people knowing my name has really allowed me to use my voice and my social media and my platform and the title of Miss Wales to celebrate diversity here in Wales. I think that's that's great and I do agree. I think you've been able to use this exposure so well and you've been able to really champion these different causes and I think it's so exciting. So what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've faced so far in your career and in your work to make change? Uh, does anything like that come to mind for you? I think I would say uh, my recent accident would probably be the biggest challenge that I've had to come overcome, not just in uh, my pageant career, uh, but in my life. Um, yeah, so I had um, a car accident in January and it was a really serious car accident. I suffered multiple broken bones, uh, but thankfully I'm still here and I'm sat in front of you and um, I'm really grateful to still be here and not have any long-lasting injuries. But I would say that that has been um, the biggest challenge that I've had to overcome. I actually Miss World has changed in terms of the dates a few times. And when I was in the hospital in January, the reigning Miss World, um, Carolina from Poland, mm -hmm. she came to visit me with the lady that owns Miss World, um, oh. Julia Morley, which mm -hmm. was, still feels like a dream now. Um, but at the time we were told that Miss World would be in May. So 
I only had three months to recover. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I'll be honest, there was a time where I genuinely thought, I don't know if I can go ahead with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I can fulfill my dream of representing Wales at Miss World. And, and I did have a con- conversation with my parents about um, allowing the runner up to go and represent Wales because I just didn't think that I would be emotionally ready, physically ready, uh, mm. mentally able to go and compete against the most beautiful women in the world. You know, you really have to be emotionally and mentally headstrong for that, not just physically. Um, so that would be the biggest challenge that I've had to overcome within my pageant career and my life. And I am just so grateful to God that I am here now and Miss World has been postponed a couple of times which has just allowed me even more time to recover and I'm finally feel like Darcy again for a long time I felt like oh, I'm Darcy in recovery I'm Darcy in recovery but now I just feel like I'm Darcy again I'm Miss Wales again and I'm just ready to to go to Miss World and really give it my all and have the most amazing experience and do Wales proud. Tell me some about what the process to prepare for Miss World looks like. Um, I think that's so exciting. What does kind of that entail for people that don't really know that much about the pageant world? So preparing for Miss World is quite challenging. Um, Not so much so in terms of knowing my platform and knowing my messages. I think I am really headstrong in that I know what message I want to send the world and I've been true to that message and stuck to that message um, throughout my Uh, journey as Miss Wales so it's not a challenge um, as such in that sense and I don't know if other women who are heading to Miss World with me would say the same thing but I think for me it's been mentally preparing um, to compete against other women and uh, to really do Wales proud and I think because of my accident it's changed how I would answer this question I think before the accident it would be um, sort of having all of the clothes in order and, and knowing um, what I'm going to say in my interview, which that still does matter. But for me, it's been mostly mentally preparing and then all of the other things. So having um, my coaching sessions with my coach, Emma, uh, so being able to walk properly, which I actually need to have some refreshers on how to walk because I broke my pelvis. So I'm now a lot better in heels, but um, I think I need to practice my um, stand and my walk a little bit more. Um, And yeah, the fashion element of it, having different outfits for every day and making sure that you stand out. But I would say that the most important part of preparing for Miss World would be, and I hope it would be for other girls as well, um, over those things would be knowing what message you want to give at Miss World because you're on um, a world famous platform so your platform is even heightened so knowing exactly what message you want to send out to the world and being mentally and emotionally ready to have the best experience and being able to meet girls from all over the world is such a privilege and yes that would be my um what I'm preparing for mentally more than anything Definitely. So being from Wales and living here um, and kind of being in these communities, what does it mean to you to represent Wales on this world stage? Um, I guess kind of tell me some about what it means to you to be from Wales and of course then to have this platform. Just tell me more about that. 
I am extremely proud to be Welsh. I wouldn't want to be from anywhere else in the world. Um, I have a mixed background. So my grandfather was from Jamaica. He came over during the Windrush. So I think the fact that he came over and he ended up living in Cardiff makes me so proud to be Welsh because he came from a different country, from Jamaica, and he ended up settling in Wales. He chose this country. So he sort of chose this country for us uh, without him I wouldn't exist and I wouldn't be here in Wales. Um, and then my nan's family are also um, Cape Verdean and Yemen. So just the fact that my background is so mixed and I'm from a mixture of different places all around the world, but I am Welsh and I was born in Wales and I still have that history of different places all around the world, but I've been raised in Wales and I just love the Welsh culture and the Welsh people and I think... I'm even, I've always been proud to be Welsh and always wanted to be Miss Wales and fly the flag for Wales and that was really my dream. But I think even more so after my accident, how the whole of Wales really rallied around me and supported me and gave me the strength to be here and to recover and, and to get out of hospital. And I'm just humbled um, by the Welsh community, there is such a strong sense of community here in Wales. So to fly the flag for Wales means more to me now than it ever has before. And I'll be so, so proud of myself and just so happy to represent Wales. Definitely. Um, so as far as this this change-making work that you're doing, but also your, your career, um, are there any words of wisdom that you really like to live by or kind of a life motto maybe that comes to mind for you uh, that you just really try to strive by and that you think about a lot? If you believe you can be it, you can be it. If you believe that you can have something, if you truly dream a dream, don't ever think that a dream is beyond you and, and unattainable, regardless of what ethnicity you are, what gender you are, what upbringing you've had, how much money you've got in the bank. Don't ever, ever give up on your dreams. If you've got 50 pence in the bank and you think, I really want to be a millionaire, just believe that you're already a millionaire. Time doesn't even really exist. Time is something that we've just made up, you know. Um, think to yourself, I am a millionaire, but just not right now. I've got 50p in the bank right now, <laughs> but one day it will be a million. Or if you want to be a singer, if you want to be an actress, just never ever um, give up on your dreams and don't ever think that your dream is too small or don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't have that dream and oh you're, you're from Wales you know you're not going to be a world famous singer don't ever listen to anybody that says anything along those lines believe in yourself and just really work at your dream and strive to be who you want to be reach for the stars and even if you don't get there, you'll you'll get close and, and you'll be proud of yourself for never giving up. Definitely. I think that's that's great. So as far as of course you're preparing for Miss Wales, but it, or for Miss World, but of course as far as kind of what's next, um, what are the next things for you? What's coming along down the pipeline? Um, especially when it comes to your career, your change making work. Are there any projects coming up that you can tell me about? Um, anything like that? 
So I recently just came back from Africa, actually. Um, I went to Ghana for a month on a volunteering trip, which, which was absolutely amazing. And I came home thinking that I had a month until I was going to Miss World, but Miss World has been postponed until February now. So at the moment, I am just focusing on Miss World. I'm so grateful for the experiences that I had in Ghana. Uh, that was absolutely life-changing. I feel like at the beginning of the year, I had my accident, which gave me a different perspective on life um, and then I had that experience as well so I feel like this year has really changed me as a person um, but at the moment my main focus is going to Miss World and hopefully fingers crossed bringing the Miss World crown back to Wales um, I'll come back on with the crown <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> so my focus at the moment is winning Miss World and bringing the Miss World crown back to Wales and if I do win Miss World which I'm really striving for and praying for if I do win Miss World I think I would love to go back to Ghana and see the children that I taught English to in the school um, because they actually went home one evening and looked me up on um, I'm not sure what they looked me up on but <laughs> they looked me up on Google or something and then they came in the next day and they said Madame, Madame we saw you on Google and, and you had something around your neck and I said oh yeah I, um, I had an accident and then they said and you have a crown um, so I was trying to explain to them that I'm trying to um I'm competing now for an even more prestige crown and yeah if I win Miss World I would love 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 nothing more than to go back to Ghana and, and visit those children and take that crown to them oh, yeah I'm sure they would love to see that that's awesome I would love to see that you're definitely invited back ah oh, thank you <laughs> you're invited back anytime oh, but especially you. as Miss World that would be amazing um so I have one more question for you Lots of young people want to create change in their communities, but they may not know where to get started with that work. What advice would you have for those people who may be listening? I would say find find what it is that you are extremely passionate about. Be um, specific about what you are passionate about. And then if you find what you're passionate about, do a lot of research um, around your local area to see what support groups there are, um, what activist groups there are, maybe try and find somebody um, to have as sort of your role model. Um, like I have a role model um, in the black rights activist um, community, um, Queen Niche Nelly. She has been my role model from the very beginning. And I actually got in touch with her when I realized that I wanted to spread the message of diversity and equal rights. And I got in touch with her via Instagram and just said, look, I really, want to make change in Wales and spread the message that we should celebrate diversity. And she was um, sort of a mentor to me and really opened some doors for me and allowed me to embrace um, my passion and make change. So I would say, try and find somebody within your community that is doing what you would like to do and just message them and say that you really want to help in whatever way you can. And I'm sure that they would be more than grateful to have your support and to help you sort of get into uh, your activist work. Yeah, definitely. And what are the best ways for people to follow along with you and your work, especially as you go on this Miss World journey? So I would say the best way would be to follow my Instagram, probably, which is Darcy Correa. Um, and there is the Miss Wales Instagram as well. The Miss Wales Instagram is good at um, updating everybody as to what we're doing. And the Miss World Instagram, too. Um, 
yeah, and then local media outlets. But I would say Instagram. I'm good with my Instagram. I'm always sharing what I'm up to. And at Miss World, I will be very active every single day, sharing what I'm doing. So if you want to follow my journey, head over to my Instagram. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. And I am so glad that I could have you here in Cardiff. This is this has been so much fun. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned or we talked about, please reach out to me or to Darcy, of course. But my email is lily at bethechangepodcast.org. Or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. And next week, I'm going to be joined by representatives from Cardiff University's chapter of the Friends of David Knott Foundation who are raising awareness about the David Knott Foundation's work to train doctors to surgically treat patients and save lives around the world. So listen live to that interview at 5 p.m. next week. But until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Thank you again, Darcy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. Bye, guys. Bye.